While we've all been rightfully excited about the New Orleans Saints offense, it was the defense today that stood out and stood up. We got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Big thank you to all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep that conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access to information, as well as insider information, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints Today, as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked in NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Tell you more about them later on today's episode. We're going to get you caught up on all the news and notes from an eventful day seven of New Orleans Saints training camp, of course, including attendance and injuries. We're also going to take a look at Brian Brzee and Pete Werner uh, contributing to what I would consider my unheralded play of the day. But first, I want to take a look at the New Orleans Saints defense as a whole because the Saints defense dominated day seven. And I'm not just talking about the big names like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan and uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Paul Sinadibo, uh, all those guys did have good days. I think Cam Jordan was a little in and out, but I-, I do think that for the most part, we also saw beyond that guys with the second team defense, third team defense for what that's worth, also making some big plays. So we're going to highlight all of that to get started. And this is one of those big pieces that I think has always been a part of Dennis Allen's vision for this New Orleans Saints team. This is the identity that this team wants for itself is to be a team that is able to kind of rest its laurels and hang its hat on the fact that it is a good, steady, solid, and reliable defensive team with a good, steady, a good, steady, solid, and reliable defensive scheme. And to kind of put that in sort of the frame of reference here, I actually want to talk about somebody over on the offensive side that highlighted it. We did get to speak with Derek Carr today post-practice, and I asked Derek Carr a little bit about how he feels about the defensive line and their ability to get pressure on a quarterback. And he mentioned that the defensive line has made his life challenging as a quarterback in these New Orleans Saints practices. He told us the other day that he actually told Dennis Allen, hey, I love practicing here because the defense is really good, really solid, and makes it hard to be able to just go out there and like get things done. They don't make it easy on you. And a big part of one of the, or not a big part, but one of the reasons that he highlighted that was because of the defensive line. And so when I asked him about the defensive line making it troublesome for him, he said, yeah. And one of the things that they do is that even though you can't, you know, sack a quarterback during practice, they're wearing their red jerseys, all that other stuff. uh, They are at least in a situation to where if you're able to get them off of their spot or pressure 
everything that that quarterback still has to move off of their throwing spot. And that is what Derek Carr highlighted is that the New Orleans Saints defensive line has done a very good job moving him off of his spot and getting him to the point to where if you have to move off of your spot, you're interrupting things like, um, you're interrupting things like, um, uh, timing and, a rhythm with the you know, between the quarterback and the wide receiver and all that stuff. So I would keep that in mind when you're thinking about, oh, well, they can't actually sack the quarterback in practice. So what are you actually learning? These are some of the things that we're learning. And I actually went a step further and I asked Derek Carr about, you know, a lot of defensive linemen will say, hey, it's not all about the sacks. It's about pressures. It's about hits on the quarterback, things like that. And I asked him, does he, you know, believe that to be true as well? And he, he said, absolutely. And the way that they talked about a guy like Aaron Donald last year, who was a first team all pro, who didn't have the sacks that he would usually rack up throughout the season, but lived in the backfield. And that still makes life challenging for the quarterback. And so one of the reasons why when we talk about the Saints being top five in sacks last year, which they were with 48, we always kind of have to caveat as well that they were toward the bottom of the NFL when it came to, or at least toward the bottom half of the NFL, when it came to pressures as well as QB hits. And that's why that's important because those pressures and QB hits and moving quarterbacks off of their spot, getting into that quarterback's mind and mentals, that becomes a big part of the game of a defensive lineman as well. So just as important as the sacks are, the rest of it is important for this defensive line as well. Appreciate everybody for being here live with us. I see all y'all as well as everybody that catches the show later. I know we're a little earlier here than usual today, but we just have a lot of stuff going on throughout the day today. So I wanted to make sure that I got to you and, and, and that something else didn't pop up uh, that ended up keeping me from being able to do the show today. So appreciate y'all very much for being here. Um, the other way that the Saints defense really, really kind of showed out today was in pass coverage, whether it's the linebackers, guys like Anthony Orgy, as well as, uh, DeMarco Jackson, as well as Pete Werner making big plays in coverage. You also saw, uh, Troy Pride Jr. walk away with another interception, only the second, only the second interception during team drills of camp so far, third interception as a whole. Uh, the, the other interception was a one was during one-on-ones where, uh, Jameis Winston threw a pass to Michael Thomas. It popped out of his hands, and then Paulson Debo was able to secure it. But these were other guys that had really solid days. And Troy Pride Jr. in particular had a really, really nice one. The ball was kind of thrown a little bit behind A.T. Perry, who was the intended receiver, but A.T. Perry not being able to get back to help fight for the ball didn't really help the situation either. Uh, and so it was just a little bit of like an overrun versus an underthrow. The throw came from Jameis Winston. Um, and Troy Pride Jr. was able to just kind of step in and, and make sure that he secured it for the interception. Big takeaway for that New Orleans Saints defense. We also saw several guys with pass breakups, including uh, including Paulson and Debo, who had a pass breakup on Michael Thomas on a target from Derek Carr. Michael Thomas and Derek Carr tried some things today that they wouldn't usually try in a game. Derek Carr kind of spoke about that in his uh, in his post practice presser with this as well. When he sort of talked, when he sort of spoke about, look, there was a throw that I, I put out there to Mike that I wouldn't usually put out there that I would have actually just checked down in an in-game situation. But hey, I want to get those passes in, and and some of those what I would call training camp passes is the way you'll hear hear me refer to them as we move forward. But with those training camp practices, um, it was you know it's one of those things where it's like I'm gonna try something that I wouldn't usually try in a game. The same maybe could have been said about the Jameis Winston interception that ended up getting picked off by Troy Pride. Maybe that's a pass that you don't try in game, but you're in training camps. So like, give your guy the opportunity to go up there and make the play. And I think that that's where um, Derek Carr and Michael Thomas were at an earlier point, not on this pass breakup. This pass breakup was just a really good play by Paulson Adebo. But at earlier points, Derek Carr kind of 
forcing some passes into Michael Thomas that he wouldn't usually force into Michael Thomas, but doing it in such a way that it's like, all right, I'm just going to give him a shot. And actually connected on two out of the three of those, the other one ended up falling incomplete. Uh, but yeah, I, I do. I look at this New Orleans Saints defense and you saw pressures from guys like Brian Brzee, who we'll speak about here in just a moment, because he and Pete Werner kind of collaborated on a play that is our play of the day today. Um, we also saw pressure and a good run stop, fantastic run stop by Pey- uh, Peyton Turner, who's again, continuing to show up day in and day out. We saw some good run defense from Isaiah Foskey on a couple of reps, not so good on others. Remember, he's learning a new uh, technique as a whole over on the defensive line. And then uh, we also saw a really, really nice pass breakup as well uh, from um, from Pete Werner, who was not Pete Werner. I'm so sorry, Zach Bond, my apologies, who was uh, covering a tight end that was headed towards the sideline. I believe it was Lucas Kroll. And uh, that was going out towards the outside. And Zach Bond did a good job coming underneath that pass, coming underneath the receiver to be able to knock that one away. So really, really, really good uh, opportunities there for uh, for this defense. And not only the opportunities, but cashing in on them and making sure that they were making those big plays as well. We even saw some PBUs and some wins for DBs. Uh, Troy Pride, Alante Taylor, Paulson Adebo, Adrian Fry in one-on-ones as well, which we know are very, very much... Um, very, very much weighted towards the offensive side. So I always like to shout out the defenders when they do win those. But let's take a look and we'll break down a more, the very specifically a play that Derek Carr was in on, that uh, Pete Werner made, and that Brian Brzee helped to create. Let's get to that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by America's number one sports book. It's FanDuel. And if it's your first time betting with FanDuel, it's a great time to take a first swing at betting MLB odds over on FanDuel because you're going to get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. If you put down $20 on a bet, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets back whether you win or lose. That's $200 that you can put down on another money line bet. Maybe you want to look at an over under somewhere or you want to take a look at who might hit the first home run in a game. You can do all of that on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. And once you win, you instantly get paid out. There's no better place to bet MLB odds than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Taking a look now at the play of the day. This was a defensive play that I really, really loved uh, that really started with interior pressure. So we want to break that down and take a look at what happened. Appreciate you as always. We get Locked on Saints, your first listen of the day every day here on the show and all you everydayers out there, whether you're joining us live or joining us later. I appreciate y'all very much for being here. Um, I want to caution everybody because I see a lot of people reacting to the Isaiah Foskey thing that I mentioned. Don't worry about it. Like Isaiah Foskey is learning an entirely new position. Think of Isaiah Foskey right now being a cornerback that's transitioning into a slot corner role. It's that drastic to move you inside that inside shoulder of a uh, of a tackle and say, go defend the run. Don't worry about rushing the passer right now. It's a very, very different game that he's playing right now than what he did in college. Don't worry about overreacting to that. So let's take a look at the guy that did get some QB pressure today that ended up creating a really, really great opportunity for Pete Werner. So this was a snap from um, 
from Derek Carr in the final snap of his second uh, team drill. So they did three different sets of team drills today. Derek Carr threw five passes, all, all three quarterbacks threw five passes, then all quarterbacks threw uh, four passes, and then all quarterbacks threw uh, about five or six passes in the third uh, team drills segment. But this one was in the second segment, the final pass of the three. Um, I really, really liked what I saw on two straight plays, actually, but I'm going to start with this play. I really liked what I saw from Brian Brzee in this one. He's coming in and getting that pressure right up the middle. He's being the guy that the New Orleans Saints wanted in the first round. That's exactly what they wanted. They wanted a guy that's going to be able to come in and create a ton of pressure up the middle, be that sort of attacking interior three tech penetrating pass rusher. And that's who he proved to be on this uh, on, on this play. And a part of what he's able to do so well is, of course, string together pass rush moves as well as his move set. We kind of talked about how Eric McCoy highlighted that in yesterday's practice. But his ability to be able to break in between these players and immediately, or this offensive line, and immediately get pressure in the face of the quarterback ends up changing everything that that quarterback wants to be able to do. So in this case, what happened was that, what happened was um, Brian Brzee broke right up the middle and Derek Carr kind of had to lean to his right as he was throwing, kind of move out of that pressure while he was throwing. So it moved him off of his spot. And this is a lot of what Derek Carr was talking about to where like you get moved off of your spot as a quarterback, where you want to throw the ball from being the spot that it messes up routine and rhythm and messes up timing sometimes, things like that. And that's what we saw here because the receiver that he was trying to target was all the way over towards the sideline, but because he kind of had to adjust his body and throw with a little bit less leverage over the center, over his center of gravity, he had to shift that center of gravity to his back foot. The pass ended up coming up short. And so Pete Werner diving for the pass ends up just being a pass breakup, but he really laid out trying to get that interception. And so I loved seeing that because that's what you want to see all season for this New Orleans Saints team is pressure up the middle because they have spent so much time rebuilding that defensive interior, Colin Saunders, bringing back Malcolm Roach, Nathan Shepard's an interior pass rusher, Brian Brzee, interior pass rusher, Jack Heflin, the guy that they brought in from the Houston Roughnecks and from the XFL. The reason why he has stood out the times that he has stood out is because of the pressure that he's been able to get. I don't want to leave out Jerron Cage, who's been a fantastic run defender here throughout training camp. So they have built this uh, interior defensive line to be very aggressive. And when you can see it pay off like that and almost transition into a turnover, what more could you ask for at this point? And so that was a really, really great moment just to see the rookie, Brian Brzee, the first round pick with a first round impact, and then to see Pete Werner lay out in a practice environment to try his very best to get that interception. You can call it a pass breakup because he's still got his hands on it. Uh, but Man, it was just a really, really good play to where you could see all of it kind of come together. And just to kind of put into perspective, the next time that Derek Carr was out on the field, uh, he ended up connecting on two straight passes, one to Michael Thomas and then another one out of the backfield to uh, to Jamal Williams. So don't be worried about the defense just be or the offense just because the defense had a good play, right? They came right back and then they were they were good moving forward. The play before that, um. Derek Carr tried to get a pass over to Michael Thomas. This is one of those ones that maybe he wouldn't have usually thrown. It was with Isaac Yadam in coverage. They ended up, you know, coming, um, not being able to, to get the pass together or be able to get the completion together. 
But a big part of the reason why it didn't work out is because Carl Granderson from the outside and then Nathan Shepard from the interior ended up getting pressure on Derek Carr. And then that ended up kind of forcing him forcing a throw that he would have otherwise just kind of checked down somewhere else. That's what I mean by like the training camp throw idea of that one. And Michael Thomas was actually open. He had worked his way open, crossing the field up against Isaac Yadam. So you saw some really good stuff. And, and I'm going to highlight what uh, Sarah Toby just said in the chat here, iron sharpens iron, which is exactly where I was going with this. You see the offense win moments. You see the defense win moments. Then you see the defense win moments. Then you see the offense surrounded win moments. And although the defense was a little bit more dominant, I would say today, than the offense was a rebounding offense. I still think that I look at this team and go, okay, but yesterday the offense looked great. Remember, it was the tight ends making all the plays yesterday. Now you're seeing the defense making all the plays and you're seeing it from guys like, you know, the undrafted free agent rookie in, in Anthony Orgee that just came in and you're seeing it from Zach Bond, who's continuing to develop as a coverage guy, but is now getting to play a little bit more of that on-ball role more consistently. DeMarco Jackson getting involved in the, in the game as well. So there's really good situations here that you can see around um around how this team is continuing to get better um there was one concerning thing that happened over on the defensive side and it was that andrew dowell had to leave practice early uh that's what i want to get to next is let's let's check in on attendance as well as look in at uh, some of the injuries that happened today because three players left practice early how concerned should you be or should you not be let's break that down as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of locked on saints part of locked on podcast network your team every day. Oh, oh, nope. That's the wrong one. Let's do it this way. Let's get it. Who nation wrapping up today's episode of locked on saints. I'm so goofy. I'm so goofy. Um, today, what we're going to take a look at is, um, attendance as well as injuries. Cause we had some early exits today, but I also want to give you a couple of other, uh, practice notes from the day as well, but let's start off with, uh, attendance and all of the good stuff that comes with that. Uh, so what you should know is that everybody was present today except for the following players. Bradley Roby was not seen. Um, Ryan Ramchick was not seen. Andrus Pete was not seen. That's not surprising. Um, there is a reason that uh, Scott Lashley was not seen. Jimmy Graham was not seen during practice. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but I'm going to say it. I, I saw him walking around the facility, though, so I'm not too worried about that. I think it was just a vet day off for him. And then Alvin Kamara also wasn't present. Alvin Kamara wasn't present simply because of the fact that he was, he's in New York right now. He took Gail's private jet to New York City to meet with Commissioner Roger Goodell to plead his side of the case when it comes to the, um, to, when it comes to the charges uh, and, and the, the events that took place around the legal situation that he had been dealing with for the past year uh, back during February of 2022. Uh, so he went to go and kind of plead his case in person. Uh, and so, uh, I, I kind of dig that. Like, it, it kind of makes you feel a little good about the process because, it, a, it probably at least expedi expedites, expedites, expedites that process a little bit more, so that you're really looking at, you know, okay, this is kind of right at the very front of, you know, the uh, right at the front of the NFL's, you know, face at this point is that, like, hey, here's Alvin Kamara here to talk to you about the thing. So maybe that moves that process along a little bit. Uh, the other thing that is that like, I don't think that this can hurt, you know, I don't think this can hurt Alvin Kamara. Like, I think that there's, you know, there's the video that's out there, but we don't know what happened before. We don't know what happened. I don't know what is being said in the video because there's no audio and stuff like that. So this is an opportunity for him to maybe provide some context that he thinks might factor into the decision-making process for 
uh, the committee that eventually does the NFL investigation around all of this. Um, will it work? Will it not work? I don't know, but nothing to lose, right, at this point, so you might as well. That's the only reason why Alvin Kamara wasn't there. Dennis Allen said he expects him to be back on Friday, only because there's no practice on Thursday. Uh, when it comes to some of these other guys, uh, you know that Andrews Pete was going to miss time as he's you know missing time with that that pec strain, not pec strain, I'm so sorry, quad strain. We'll see if he's back on Friday. Ryan Ramchick, Jimmy Graham, probably vet days. Good chance that Bradley Roby's uh, absence was a, a vet day as well. Um, but then you, you had Scott Lashley, who wasn't there, number 61. Um, Scott Lashley was waived slash injured today, um, and so he will no longer be with the team. Then the Saints went out and they signed Tommy Kramer, and Tommy Kramer was a guy that we had all mentioned, like, hey, after the Trey Turner injury, keep an eye out on Tommy Kramer. The Saints brought him in for a workout a few days ago. Last It was early last week now. Uh, and so if they wanted to bring in another guard or another offensive lineman, Tommy Kramer seemed like the guy that they were going to be able to uh, that they were going to be able to bring in. So they did bring him in and they did add him. A um, couple of early exits for the Saints today. Another offensive lineman dealing with an injury, this time Calvin Throckmorton with an elbow. Alante Taylor left with hamstring tightness. And then uh, Andrew Dowell left with uh, what we think is a knee injury. Um, Andrew Dowell had made a play along with uh, JT Gray on a run stop over on the right sideline, kind of got rolled up on when that happened. He limped off the field, but then he walked across the field. And then by the time that he was about ready to go out of the Saints training facility, he was doing high knees and all this other stuff. He looked fine as he left. Um, Dennis Allen said that he does not expect these three injuries to be big injuries at all or to be major injuries. Things that these are pretty, I don't want to say insignificant, but they, he doesn't he doesn't consider them to be as significant as like a Trey Turner situation or maybe even an Andrews Pete situation. But we'll see. We'll see how everything goes. Um, but Andrew Dowell looked good when he when he looked fine when he was walking out. Uh, the hit the hamstring tightness for uh, Alante Taylor just at that position. You, you don't want to go from a hamstring from hamstring tightness to a hamstring pull because then you have the consistent chance of retweaking that injury. And so I don't blame them for being cautious with that. I don't blame them for being cautious with another offensive lineman either. Like if you have an offensive lineman, you just lost Andrews Pete for a couple of days. You lost. Trey Turner for the entire season. Uh, Scott Lashley wasn't just waived. He was waived injured, which means that he was an injury settlement, which means he was hurt. Um, so when Calvin Throckmorton is kind of like looking at his arm or he comes to you and says, coach, my, my elbow hurts. Yeah, go sit down, dude. You're good then because they ain't got no time for the rest of this, you know, in terms of injuries and things like that on the offensive line. Ain't, ain't got time for it. So when I look at where the Saints could potentially go there, um, it, it just seems more likely that this is like precautionary over really anything else, really over anything else. And so uh, I do think that for the New Orleans Saints, this was this is just kind of them playing it safe, being precautious, taking precautions, excuse me, being cautious and making sure that they're like not allowing anybody to have an injury that ends up getting worsened beyond the point of return or whatever. And I don't blame them for that. Uh, we'll see if those guys are back on Friday. They all have a rest day tomorrow, a day off tomorrow. So I think that will that will help out. Um, all right, so they they did run some uh, some one on ones today. If you want all the details for every single one on one, I'm going to be sending it out to all of our subtext subscribers. You can join that over at joinsubtext.com/slash/lockedonsaints. But I do want to list out a couple for you. Um, so, and I'm going to take a look at a couple of the other wide receivers here as well. So, um, Michael Thomas went one of three in one on ones, although he did work his way into good position against Marshawn Lattimore. The throw was just off on one of those misses. Um, Chris Olave, two of three. 
uh, and Rashid Shahid, two of three. Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid continue to make big plays. Chris Olave, at one point during team drills, just left his defender in the dust. He was entirely by himself uh, on that one. Another guy that had another really good day in one of one on ones is Traquan Smith. Traquan might have had, might be stringing together some of his best practices from him that we've ever seen. Uh, but you know, we'll see how that competition continues to roll along. Uh, in terms of the top three corners, we saw Marshawn Lattimore go one of three. Uh, one of those wins being against Michael Thomas. We saw uh, Alante Taylor go two of five, and then we saw Paulson Adebo go one of four. In terms of clear wins, uh, some of the others would probably be like stalemates and things like that, to where you know there wasn't a pass breakup, but also the receiver didn't catch the ball or the pass was thrown in an uncatchable area or something like that. Um, so really good competition and back and forth between these wide receivers and corners. Uh, I want to highlight A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry went two of three, including a diving catch during uh, one-on-ones. So again, continuing to build a little bit of that uh, confidence for rookie A.T. Perry, which I think is really important. And we saw three really solid reps from Keith Kirkwood as well. Keith Kirkwood, I think, went undefeated in one-on-ones today and was just awesome. He ran um, a one route against Ugo Amadi with Derek Carr at quarterback. That one was in. That one ended up being completed. He uh, ended up having another one a little bit later on with Jameis Winston at quarterback. So we continuously saw Keith Kirkwood make some really good ones. But I'll tell you, the guys that have been really, really outstanding so far to watch, this goes back over to the defensive side, but it, it, whether it be in these one-on-ones, whether it be in team drills, are Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson Adebo. I, I think Paulson Adebo is widening the gap between himself and Alante Taylor. Um, Alante Taylor has had success throughout camp, but he hasn't had as much success as Paul Sanadibo. And Paul Sanadibo has consistently strung together a bunch of different wins. And, and the thing that I'll highlight for you too, before we wrap up here, is that with Bradley Roby out, we really got our first opportunity to get a look at Paul Sanadibo and Marshawn Lattimore on the outside with Alante Taylor playing in the slot. We only got to see it for a couple of plays, uh, but that is now starting to become maybe something that the Saints are going to start looking a little bit more at is what do these three players look like when they're on the field together? as opposed to having Alante Taylor on the sideline waiting for second team reps when Paulson Adebo is in for first team reps and instead have him come in and be that first team slot uh, slot corner, which I think, hey, look, gather as much information as you can, especially as you kind of go into, this is, you know, the Saints practice for four days, had a day off, they practice for four days, they're taking a day off tomorrow, then they're back. And then once we get there to where they're back, then all of a sudden we're probably in a situation to where we're looking at, you know, kind of that next phase for them after the day's off. So We'll see how it works out, but I am very curious to see if, as training camp rolls along, we start seeing more Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Debo on the outside, and Alante Taylor uh, in the slot. And uh, I think that that's a good thing for the New Orleans Saints to start looking at because, man, uh, a lot. Uh, excuse me, Paulson Debo has done a very, very good job solidifying and saying, "Hey, this is mine. This is my job." I think he's done a really, really good job of that, and you should feel really good about that because what that means is either. Paulson Adebo has performed so well that Alante Taylor hasn't been able to be a part of the conversation, or eventually Alante Taylor, you know, uh, 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 skyrockets to a point where he surpasses a Paulson Adebo that started with that strong of a camp. And either one of those scenarios is really, really good for you as a Saints fan, really, really good for the New Orleans Saints organization as well to have that guy, whichever one it ends up being, whether they were a one or 29, uh, opposite Marshawn Lattimore after uh, an impressive camp. And Marshawn Lattimore has been phenomenal throughout camp. Just like I mentioned yesterday, he's been incredible to watch. So it's great to see another one of those solid corners opposite him also making plays. That's what you want to see here in 2023.
All right, y'all, coming up tomorrow, no practice tomorrow, so there won't be a live episode in the afternoon, but we will still have a morning show. So we're going to take a look at our rookie watch as well as get you caught up on some of the other bigger uh, pieces from around uh, what's going on with the New Orleans Saints right now, including a look at what's going on, like how how do these other wide receivers look behind the big three and how are things going with Alvin Kamara? So we're going to break all that down in tomorrow morning's episode. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day to all you everydayers out there. Thank you so much. And of course, we appreciate you very much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.